1: Hi guys, it's Mark here I'm currently in the way of recording a whole bunch of new episodes for you guys It's quite difficult to find good shows in Glasgow at this time of year Particularly for the kind of music that I generally tend to cover So with that in mind, I'm just going to go ahead and do a view broadcast So I hope you enjoy it Hello, welcome to the Curator Podcast This is episode 19 B Dolan this is a fucking pleasure man I'm so glad I'm sitting here talking to you yeah I'm glad I'm sitting here talking to you too we're both alive we both made it I was talking to my friend earlier on about this and he's like B Dolan seems like an awesome guy and I was like yeah he also seems like a scary guy I have I have scary moments but um I'm,
2: I contain them I'm trying to contain them I'm trying not to I'm trying not to let the bear out of the cage what happens when the bear gets out of the cage? I just get in fights in parking lots in uh, at the Westmoreland Farm Stand. Apparently, I had almost had to like scream on this like seventy year old man. Like he 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 started with me really. I kind of we I opened my door and I kind of bumped his window a little bit and I was like, oh my bad, you know. I looked, there's no scratch, no big deal. This dude just started really popping off. And I just, I just looked at him. I went shh. I would start just shushing him like a baby, and that made him even madder. And then he like jumps out of his car and I realized he's he was mad old, but he really wanted it. He wanted to fight me, but I was like, either way, I lose in this situation. Either. You know, I knock out a seventy-year-old man, or I get knocked out by a seventy-year-old man. There's no winning that fight, so I, I just moonwalked. I moonwalked away, and that made him really, really mad. But he couldn't do anything because he, I, he couldn't chase me as fast as I moonwalked. Because he's seventy-year-old man, he can't. Yeah,
1: <laughs> frail, frail ass. old man. I, I often ask on my Facebook page I ask him interviewing this guy and if you get any questions for him and somebody wanted me to ask you this question is B Dolan how does it feel to be awesome? I I don't know man it feels (laughs) (laughs) like like achy it feels
2: achy to be awesome you gotta be awesome a lot of nights in a row to be awesome all the time you're only as
1: awesome as your last awesome I was uh, doing my research earlier on and yesterday and an effort it was in an effort to come up with questions that you'd never been asked before (laughs) I came across I don't know if you did With Passion of the Weiss Yeah 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 And now I feel Fucking hugely inadequate That guy knows Everything about him yeah. And so do you Like yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah,
2: That's
1: yeah, so that. weird That was a good interview I like Shout out Passion of the Weiss And Zilla Rocca Who did that That uh, interview Yeah, yeah. So And now uh, So I went, I, went to sit, I sat down To do my questions I was like Oh fuck what am I gonna do now? <laughs> Let's talk about what you're interested in. What are you interested in? Well, this is not about me, man, it's about you. The podcast is about you. My voice is just a big fucking loud noise. <laughs> what do you what do
2: you like? What are you interested in? What do you like?
1: I like I like beards.
2: Beards? Yeah. Who cares about beards? It's fucking pubic hair that grows out of your face.
1: Um yeah, so the the one thing that impressed me about that interview is that guy had an encyclopedic knowledge of hip hop and so do you. Mm-hmm. So where does that like when did you get so obsessed with hip hop?
2: I was, a, I feel like I was obsessed from the second I heard hip hop. Um, and so I just, just like devoured everything. And yeah, it just, I mean, it is it's the, not the type of thing where you can sit down and be like, I want to have an encyclopedic <laughs> knowledge of hip hop. You know, like, it's just more like your passion for it brings you into it and you, you know, you are paying such attention that when, dude mentions his hype man or you know like you know who's cousin you know that dell and ice cube are cousins and you know like you just pick up these random facts and by just being and then yeah that's why becoming a rapper was almost like just the ultimate fulfillment of my fandom of rap it was just like oh now i get to like meet you motherfuckers and like hear your stories backstage and shit and yeah i'm still i'm still a fan of rap I'm, oh, I hope I'm always a fan of rap Do you still get starstruck when you meet people That you really fucking love? I don't get starstruck too often I'm trying to remember The last time I got starstruck I I was in New York once And I was in Times Square And I was uh, And Al Pacino walked in front of me And he walked in front of me Wearing a black leather jacket with sunglasses on At, at dusk And uh, And and when it, and when I saw him, he looked like fucking Al Pacino in a movie, and I and I was so shocked that I I yelled, "That's Al Pacino!" Like like I, 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 I fucking. And no one was with me. I just started yelling the, the, his fucking name, and uh, yeah. So that that's when you say starstruck. That's that's like the last time I remember being truly starstruck. I met Buckshot, who who made like the first hip hop twelve inch I ever bought. And I was pretty starstruck then. But, yeah, I mean, you know. I Having, having been on the other side of it, you know, like, you're looking at me like, how does it feel to be awesome? Yeah. I'm, I'm telling you, like, I don't know, it feels fucking like I could use some Advil right now and I'm a little sleepy, like, you know. So I, the, the, that realization
1: is, like, that everybody's just people, you yeah. know, except Prince. Prince is probably not a person. Yeah, I was going to say that. I fucking love Prince. He's, like, I wish he was my dad. Yeah. I mean, if it was my dad, I'd be small, which I don't know if I'd be okay with being small. I don't, <laughs> think, uh, I don't I want f- Prince to my dad. I want Prince to be a creature that lives in the air I think he is a creature that lives in the air yeah, yeah. He, he lives somewhere love, which is yeah. he's nobody's dad yeah, yeah that's true he's nobody's dad that's quite sad actually no, he's, nobody, he's nobody's son either he just like he was formed from music from the ether he just appeared one day it's interesting you say that, though. I don't think he's a real person Like he's never had to be a real person you know yeah he's he's special Go, uh, to everybody listening to this podcast, go,
2: go to Google, Google YouTube, go to YouTube, <laughs> look up um, Prince, Tom Petty, oh, yes. yeah, I'm and sure that. they're covering um, While My Guitar Gently Weeps uh, at, like, I think it was George Harrison's induction into the Rock and Roll Hall of yeah. Fame. Watch Prince's performance in that.
1: It's the most amazing shit I've ever seen. So it's interesting you brought up Prince. One of the questions that I have about is about Kill the Wolf, obviously. And you've taken on, you took on like that Prince-like role with that record. Oh yeah, I guess yeah. I produced it. I produced everything. Yeah. So you've said in interviews it's all about like evolving the B and sound, and it is, it is obviously a hugely kind of cohesive piece of work, which is something which is quite interesting. Given you put out two mixtapes between that and Fallen House of the City. What Was there something... Is that something you always wanted to achieve? Like, having that Prince-like role, I guess? Or was it just like, this is the next logical thing I have to do for my sound?
2: Um, it was... Well, the, me me on the production side of thing is something that started in at the same time I started I mean almost at the same time I started rapping because it was I was in New York City and I was I didn't really understand how anything worked um and I thought you know I was 18 I just moved to New York because all my favorite rappers were from there and I I didn't know like I was like all right well you get on stage and get discovered or something like and uh and then I encountered the industry I had like an early encounter with Def Jam and I was like I just realized that that side of shit was not for me and that, like, networking and all that shit. I was 18, and I was just, like, I wanted to make, like, dark political shit. I wanted to make what I'm making now. And I just immediately thought, like, the, it's never going to sell, and if it does, like, it's not going to be because these people were into it. like. And so I bought a drum machine, and I bought a laptop, and I started before I had a place to live, I bought those things and I started just learning to track my own vocals and make my own demo beats and all that shit. So I've been producing as long, almost as long as I've been really, as long as I've been recording my raps, I I was producing the beats early on. Um, And then I just kind of have run into all these other more talented producers along the way um, that I then worked with. But, also, I've met a lot of people that have showed me stuff, you know, whether it's like showing me records or uh, breaks or showing me techniques or, um, you know, Alias has showed me a ton of stuff. Buddy Peace has shown me a ton of stuff. And, you know, like it's and it's just become it's a natural thing. It's like a, because I have an excitement about what they're doing. I'm interested. I'm like, oh, what are you do, What are you doing? And, and, you know, like producers share tips with each other and shit. Um, and so. Yeah, it just developed over time. Like, I, you know, my skills at production developed slower than my skills at emceeing. But, um, yeah, over time, it just we kind of became clear around House of Bees 2 when um, that Tin Soldiers joint, I produced that on House of Bees 2. And it was that was kind of the first time where I was like, yeah, I think my beats are there, where, like, they're good enough for me to rap on. I'm a better rapper than I was a better rapper than I was a producer. And the rapper half of me was just like, nah, nah, son, not yet, nah. But, uh so yeah and it just um, it became a way to like the production side of things be- on, on Kill the Wolf became a way to just tie together all the best of what was available to me I still worked with over 20 collaborators on that record yeah. so to say I just produced it like I didn't it wasn't on some print shit it wasn't yeah. like I sat down and played every instrument like it was more like I I kind of curated the best of what my friends did and then added what I could hear in my mind Um, And, yeah, the result was
1: cohesive because it was all made through the same process, kind of. It all returns to, like, that one singular artistic vision you had for that record. Um, Do you feel as though that then, and I I don't want to harp on too much, but...
0: Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary.
1: Because obviously you're more than just a fucking album. But um, do you think that's maybe the most complete You've, that you've sounded, like, on I record so. at this point? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I, I run into,
2: you know, fans who have a preference of, you know, one of the early... You know, like, kids always come to the merch table and ask me, like, what's your favourite? And I my general answer is, like, the <laughs> the most recent thing I've done is my favourite because I it's most representative of what's closest to where I am and what I want to... You know, like, I don't... I mean, I I, def, I certainly... I still am really proud of every record we've released, which I'm glad I can say that. But um, yeah, I mean, in terms of where I'm at now, that's, that's the best representation, I think. In terms of what I'm going to put in and listen to, if I'm going to listen to one of my albums, I'll, I'll listen to the last thing I did until it starts to feel like, Nah, this is old. Like it starts to feel old to me because I, I've had more ideas and I want to, you know. That's and that's sort of the seed of what starts me working on the next record.
1: You are know. kind of in that place now because it took five years to write it. You kind of feeling now, holy shit, I've had this for so long, and now I just want to move on to the next thing. But obviously you can't because you're on this tour now. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's interesting, but you
2: know, there's still there's still a um, creative and it's even a songwriting process involved in making now the songs become live things. So, you know, Rats Get Fat, uh, for example, is finished on the album, but when we went to do it live, I was just like, nah, this isn't this isn't gonna kill live enough. And so me and Buddy Peace have developed this remix of Rat Get, Rats Get Fat now that we do live that incorporates like the Hip Hop Is Dead instrumental and the Slick Rick Children's Story instrumental. Like, so the song changes. It just, you know by being done live, it changes, you know, you start dropping out words, you start saying different things in certain places, you start, you know, accentuating other parts because the crowd's reaction sort of tells you how to change it over time. So it, it changes and changes to the point where, like, I go listen to my old albums and I'm like, oh, yeah, that's that's how that song sounded like 10 years ago or, you know, eight years ago, whatever. Um, so, you know, there's still a there's still a part of songwriting going on in the live show and in developing and tightening up the live show.
1: That is cool. It's fun to do that with these songs now. Speaking of songwriting and, and kind of generally being creative, I guess, to you, obviously with having your own setup and now, I guess, studio and producing it and all that yourself. Is that, Do you are you constantly writing songs at home? Like is that, is that like a thing that you're obsessed by doing? Just making beats, making lyrics. Is that something you always do? Yeah. Yeah, that's
2: that's everything else I do is in service of that really. Like it, it, even even the touring. Like I like touring, I like performing, I like seeing fans. But the I mean the real the really real reality is that like all of this is in order for me to be able to continue doing this and to, you know, the the most the most fun I ever have is like yeah, those days when I've got nothing to do but make a song. Um, you know, but also i mean every everything you know i say that's about a third of what i do the 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 like the other third is like just strictly business like emails um t-shirt designs like which is also creative you, you know what i mean like it's all it's a, i do some thing like face managing my facebook and social media is probably the other third uh which is not you know like i'm not in love <laughs> with facebook and twitter but you know like It it all at the end of the day, I just get to I get to be me for a living, which is incredible. Like you know, compared to every other adult I know, (laughs) you know what I mean. Like you got to get it. Like uh, it's an incredible blessing, man. I live in like this was my idea for myself when I was twelve years old. When I was twelve years old, I used to like lay in bed and like imagine being on stage. I used to like listen to music in headphones and imagine that I was on stage performing it. And now. I'm 34, 35 or something, and I'm living in the manifestation of a 12 year old's idea, which is very strange to me sometimes, but it it works. It was like a pretty good idea
1: that that 12 year old had. (laughs) Yeah. So I guess 12 year old Jews inside is like, yes, I've fucking done it. I'm fucking here, man. (laughs) High
2: five. High five, 12 year old B.
1: Um, So I guess that kind of leads into another question I wanted to ask you is, you said for *Kill the Roof*. You in another in other interviews, you've said in *Kill the Roof*. You wanted to reinvent your sound. So is that constant evolution of your creative and songwriting process? Is that that must be like you just said about doing songs live? That must be a continual process mm-hmm. of making yourself better as a yeah. as a creative human being. Yeah. Right?
2: Yep. Yeah. yeah. I um, you know I'm forever just studying other music um, of all kinds. You know, like the beauty of hip hop and and digging for samples is that like I'm as much a student of jazz and, uh, (laughs) you know, like world music and, you know, I'm forever like just checking records for stuff. But then I've also just become fan of fans of, of, you know, (laughs) seventies psych rock from Greece, (laughs) you know, like just weird shit where it's just like, Oh wow. Like that's, that's really weird what they did with that chorus or like, Oh, you hear what that kick sounds like, you know, like just forever studying and, hearing other things and hearing what other people are doing and wh- what I like about it and what, you know, it sparks ideas. And, and, uh, and yeah, just, uh, I think, I think that if you, if you listen to my catalog over the course of it, I've gotten better better at song structure at making songs, uh, especially like when I first was trying to rap, I was just, when I, when we first started rapping, man, we just were like cypher kids. So we would just rap for 300 bars just just raps (laughs) and then like no one understood what the fuck a chorus was or what a 16 bar verse was or you know like a a breakdown or any of that shit so all that shit i've learned over time you know like on on uh kill the wolf i feel like it's got the best choruses i've ever had you know like that that was really something i I wanted to work on after Fallen house sunken city like uh those choruses work but but they work in like a it's like a caveman way, <laughs> you know, like they were, you know, like, bleed your customer, get yourself free, bleed your customer. <laughs> like that's the fucking chorus. I just, I'm going to say this one sentence eight times, I guess. Like, and it works cause it's just an energy thing. But, uh, yeah, I just like on this record, I all of a sudden was having ideas for like sung choruses and I can't sing that well, but I would, I would sing a little guide track and then I would send it off to a, a more talented vocalist who I had met along the way. You know. Um so yeah, yeah, I think I've just been trying to get better and better. I'm still trying to get better.
1: I wanted to spell a little myth, I guess. I started at the start of this interview by saying B. Dolan seems like a scary guy, but when he talks about his music like he just did there, just to give you a little insight into what it looks like here. Um, fucking face just lights up man, like <laughs> just looks so happy to be talking about <laughs> yeah, like yeah. the shit that you love. Like that's yeah, yeah and you get like you said you get to be yourself for for a living. Um but one thing I was wondering as you were saying that is a lot of MCs just you work with producers. Do you think there's a lot of MCs who should like to be like you with the producer aspect or are they okay with being like, I don't, I, I'm not yeah. entirely sure if you're the norm or if you're the exception If that makes sense in terms of crossing over yeah. the skills you have. Like how yeah. do you feel about that? Well, it's a cliche. A cliche is rappers that want to produce. It's like actors that want to direct
2: like, yeah, everybody wants to, but some, a lot of people shouldn't, you know? <laughs> um, but yeah, I, so I don't know. I don't know if that's the norm. I think, it, like I said, because I started such a long time ago, um, and it you know I I was aware I had a, a self awareness like I'm very something that I think is really critical for artists that I've been blessed with is like an ability to know when I'm I just made a piece of shit <laughs> you know like a, 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 a an ability to step outside of myself and my ego and look at something I created and go like this is not good enough like that's really critical or either that or you need someone that can do that for you like that's what a producer does you know in the more traditional sense but um i haven't had that for a lot of my career so i've had to know myself you know uh i have i have peers that i check in with that like i know will give me good feedback but um but yeah i don't know i don't know what everybody else is doing i know i know i know of a couple rappers I can think of, some, some who are big in deals right now that have just recently tried to like, produce for themselves, and I'm not feeling it as much as when they were working with other producers. I mean, maybe some people feel that way about me. I don't know. You know like, I know I'm sure there's some people that will like, want me to do another album with Alias, and me and Alias have talked about doing another album. I'm not, I'm not totally committed to like every B. Dolan album from now on is going to be self-produced. I, mean, I actually have been working with a couple different producers lately and going the other way and 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 recently just worked with a producer who who does take more control than I've ever given anyone um and and you know was just involved in my process from the minute I heard the beat which is new you know like it's for me it starts with like it's like weird kind of scatting and then like maybe some freestyling to just figure out like where in the where in the pocket of the rhythm I want to talk uh and, yeah, this dude was, like, listening into me doing that and going, like, yeah, do that. Ah, uh, yeah, but, all right, leave space. Yeah, but, okay, yeah, that's the core. You know, like, which is it, which, after five years of making all the decisions, that this is new to me now. You know, like, so I look for the
1: thing that I haven't done yet, more than anything, really. That I wandered so far from your original question, but... I think you answered it actually, so it's fine. Um, I'm just conscious of time now, so I guess it's probably a good idea to wrap this up. I could talk for hours about this shit, man. It's fucking so cool. But um, is there anything else you want to say, or anything you want to ask me before we finish? Are you are you fulfilled in life? Is anyone fulfilled in life? Sure, somebody is. Can we can we find that person and kill him? No, because he's a kid. Oh, that's that's a moral quandary. Um. B. Dolan, it's been awesome. Thank you very much. Yeah,
2: good looking out. Peace.
1: B. Dolan, such an awesome guy. I was quite s- scared to talk to him. You know, he's a really intense guy, really intense dude. But, you know, he's just, he's not really like that. He is like that. He's a very, you can tell he's a very deep thinker. He's a very pensive guy. But he was a joy to talk to and i'm really glad i got the opportunity to do that so yeah thank you for listening i hope you enjoyed this podcast please drop me a rating and review on itunes if you can that would be smashing until next time bye bye